Meeting the people who are making the changes needed to tackle climate change. This is Follow the Leaders on KCLR, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. You're very welcome along to Follow the Leaders on KCLR, where each week we hear from the people who are leading the way, making the changes necessary to meet the challenges posed by climate change and are working to reduce their carbon footprint. I'm Deirdre Drummy and I'm joined as always by Robbie Dowling and we're here until seven o'clock this evening. Robbie, welcome along. Thanks a million, Deirdre. We're uh, beginning our look at local climate and environmental action this week and is the last topic in our series but we've got a particular focus for tonight's programme. Yeah, so on tonight's show we're going to open up our discussion on the local climate and environmental action by concentrating on biodiversity. Later in the show we're going to hear from husband and wife Liam Kelly and Anne Hutton who are members of the Carlo Beekeepers Association and they're also local environmentalists. I had a really interesting conversation with them about how beekeeping is actually directly linked to the environment. I also chatted with Sharon Parker-Byrne who does great work, it has to be said, with the Untouchable Zoo Project in New Oak Estate in Carlo. They're particularly focused on biodiversity and how they can help tackle issues with the climate. But to begin the show, I travelled to Bagnallstown to meet with Queen of the Universe National School teacher Tommy Cox to chat about a number of topics, including the importance of educating school children on this subject. Now I'm in beautiful Bagnallstown and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Mr Tommy Cox of Queen of the Universe National School. Uh, Tommy, before we get into all the incredible work that you and the community are doing here in Bagnallstown around the environment and biodiversity specifically, um, how are you on this Sunday afternoon? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, it's a great time of the year now. The sun is, is bursting over here in Bangasone. Um, I think uh, the longer... I, I, I was away for a few years in England. Uh, I've come home. I'm home 11 years now, and, and the longer I'm home, the more I, I, I appreciate the, 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 the region we're in. The beautiful bar- Barrow is, is, is a great a great asset to our community. And, um, you know, Bangasone is a beautiful place, and, and the municipal district of Bangasone, Fenna and Ballinkill and all these neighbouring communities, we have a, a beautiful part of the country. Anybody that visits... You know, uh, often, often comments on, on, on how lucky we are down here, you know. So, yeah, no, it's, it's great to, to be here in Bangor Sound. And as I said, you do so much tremendous work. We will get into that. But before that, just to give a bit of background as to your own story, you mentioned you were in England there. But what is it that you do exactly with the Queen of the Universe National School? Um, so, for the last 11 years, I, I've been a teacher in the, in the special class for children with autism. Um, and and um, that's been a, a very enriching experience for me. Um, and, and since last September, um, I've stepped into the role of, of, of a homeschool community liaison. So in recent times, um, based on, on the census information, um, on public information, the statistics there have identified Bagnallstown as an area of social deprivation. Um, and the consequence of that is there is a risk that um, the children in our school community, uh, in our communities, would be at a potential risk of, of social or, or or educational disadvantage. So my role within the, the schools, uh, Queen of the Universe and St Bridget's uh, National School, is to um, is the homeschool community liaison is to to work. Um, with, with the parents, stri- strictly non-teaching role, uh, to work with the parents in our community to uh, improve uh, participation um, and ga- engagement and, and attendance uh, in, in the educational experience uh, for, 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 for their families and for their, uh, and therefore have a, have a positive impact on, on, on the children in our, in our school communities. Well, it's brilliant to see that your role is leading to so much great initiatives here in Bangladesh because you very nicely gave me a tour of the town and I think it's fair to say 
say that the conclusion I took from it anyway, I don't know if you'd agree with me, that biodiversity and positive environmental causes seem to be at the heart of everything that you're doing yourself personally with the school but just generally across the community yeah um i suppose the the, the, the reason for that for me uh has has stemmed from my my experience of working with with children with autism um you know i've been i've been privileged to work in queen of the universe like i said for for, for the last 11 years there and uh you know we were getting reports from occupational therapists and, and other professionals saying you know about about uh engaging our our children in tactile experiences, uh, getting them out, out, out uh, to regulate themselves. Maybe whether that's pushing a wheelbarrow, whether that's you know getting their hands dirty and digging and pulling and dragging and these types of activities. And and uh, to I suppose to also provide um, opportunities for success outside of you know the expectation of sitting doing maths and English and other curriculum um, targets. You know, so to provide other opportunities to succeed and. Um, we, we've seen that the the, the, the quality of, of, of uh, enjoyment in school uh, is is certainly enriched and enhanced by having opportunities to engage in outdoor learning, um, and that has led us down the journey of of engaging with with um, the likes of, of Beam um, services, where we we, we have a, an amazing uh, resource in Bagnasound Community Resource, um, which is which is the Barrow Experience and the, the Barrow the the, the, the Beam gardens and um, we have a, a, a an active um support uh, with it with the with the Bangna sound improvement group um, and and inspired i suppose by beam you know we started our journey to uh, to provide opportunities for our children in, in, to to be able to get out and and, and have a sensory uh, rich experience and that came through through uh, biodiversity projects so we started uh, inspired by beam to provide uh, a small sensory garden and then that led on to our next phase of development which was which was our outdoor uh, biodiversity area which would would include raised beds for children to sow and to grow and to harvest uh, incorporating all elements of, of, of um, biodiversity in that experience um, I suppose guided by by resources like you know save the bees through the tidy towns super value tidy towns competition um, and through the all Ireland um, pollination plan and and, and, and through through uh, through their guides we were able to you know include um, you know uh, targets and, and, and actions that, that had a positive impact on biodiversity. And there's a lot to unpack there, but just with a general overview on it, when you're educating the kids on this topic, is it imperative to you and to the school that they're kind of in and about everything and that they're it's a very practical sort of education that they're as you say they're able to get out of the classroom and learn about these things by doing more of it yeah I, we're, like we're, we're very proud of our locality you know and we're very proud of our children and and the value that our children can add to their community you know they, they, they we, we we try to empower them you know to to be involved in their locality to understand uh, how to make a better community we un, uh, to understand that that they can make a difference you know um i mentioned earlier about about you know people are talking about the climate crisis you know and we we have to we have to we can bury our head in the sand and say oh well you know this is happening and that's happening and you know catastrophize over these things but the children are a tonic children are a tonic for for positivity for 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 positive actions 
and um, so we, we we're trying to provide solutions to, to these to these uh, challenges that we're, we're facing and uh, you know our, our school try to, to, to provide opportunities for, for every child to engage in positive action so examples every year you know we would we would we would every child in the school would plant you know whether it's a crocus bulb or whether it's going to be this year we're going to be sowing uh, sunflowers you know those are all pollinator friendly they're going to have a positive impact on, on, our, on our on our biodiversity but it's, it's, it's also going to have a positive impact on them that they feel the civic pride the civic responsibility that small actions that they do can influence their their brothers and sisters their parents their neighbours their friends and therefore you know give them a sense of, of, of civic responsibility and and, and, and you know we've, we've some positive very fanta- positive examples of that like for example more recently um, in recent years we planted um, a willow do- a willow uh, horse down by, by Aldi stores here in Bangastown down by the river here and, and that was done by the children you know we, we collaborated with with, with, um, with a, an artist to, to create a horse the, the, the frame the structure of that and then the children planted the um, the willow the willow the, the willow horse from, with Beth Murphy you know and, and, and you know it would be easy to, 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 to commission these people to do these works but the real value in it is, is, is getting the children to, to, to take ownership and take pride in it and that was followed on last year we had we had our our, um, our creative schools uh, group work together uh, to, to come up with with a, a plan for uh, an outdoor space on our playgrounds which which we now call Billy's Garden um, in, 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 in memory of, of our, our, our good friend uh, Billy Billy Hughes who, who inspired many children in the school and was such a, a great friend to us all and and that was that was created by the children so so there was hardscaping done that had to be done by, by by the community by adults but then every child in the school was involved with planting the spindle uh, hedge and and the pollinator friendly perennials that are, are there now and and it's it's really coming to maturity there this year um, it's, it's coming into its own there now and and, and the children are, are just love that space so there's a, a pride element from their, from their ownership of that. They did it. They own it, and they're maintaining it and looking after it. And they're, and they're so proud. And that's what we want. That's what that's what the, the, you know we want them to be to be have that that self worth and that self value that, to know that they're enriching their school community and and, and their families and, and and their community as a whole. So, so that maybe you know as they mature, you know they they'll be willing to put their hand up and to take on that mantle for for community development and community responsibility. And it's just brilliant to hear how the kids are at the heart of everything that you seem to be doing here in Bangalstown and how it's constantly moving forward and you're really tackling this issue head on and in a positive manner, as you say. But just generally, I know you touched on them already, Tommy, what are the main things that Bangalstown as a community, led by the school, as I say, are doing uh, in terms of supporting biodiversity and environmental causes? Yeah, so in, in recent years, um, thanks to the to, to the leader program through through the, the uh, County Carlow uh, Development Partnership, um, there was funding secured for for uh, putting in place the, the Bagnell Sound Biodiversity Action Plan, and uh, the, bi- the, the the Biodiversity Action Plan 2021 to 2025 has outlined actions that that the community can take. Um, so we've incorporated that into the into the um, schools. Uh, the children have engaged with 
with some of the activities such as planting you know perennial uh, plants and 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 and, and um, you know autumn um, bulbs and things um, and and so that's that's been the, that that's the guide for our community we engage with the tidy towns competition every year um, and and we're now uh, at a phase where we have we have been running thanks to the the, the Kilkenny Carlo education training board we have been running uh, educational opportunities community education opportunities in the community gardens um, where people have, have, have engaged with beginners gardening courses and gardening design courses so um, that that journey is ongoing it's just in, in, uh, as we're speaking we're, we're the next phase will be to uh, will be to um, install um, a new polytunnel which uh, thanks to Carlow County Council we're, 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 we're hoping uh, to, to qualify for some from um, grant funding there for that um, and that will that will serve as a nucleus for the community moving forward you know we will plan to, to continue to provide um, learning community learning opportunities through the ETB um, to run courses there's there's a, there's a plan for the for the community gardens um, we have we have a thanks to DSUL and, and and the group that work together to, to, to put a plan together there so we have a phased plan that moving forward we'll be making developments there um, we'll be continuing with our biodiversity action plan um, there, there are other elements that the, 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 the Bangsound sustainable uh, energy um, community is also is also a, another topic that's going on um, that, that we, we engage with um, and I suppose some other projects that are ongoing that, are, that we're quite proud of are, are the Saving the Swifts here in, in Bangalstown yeah. so um, we had uh, uh, Parig Webb visiting Bangalstown uh, a few years back and, and thanks to the support of Cottle Cole our principal we, we installed some uh, some swift boxes on our school and we've since then we've installed some um, around the town as well and you know there's loads of little actions like that and, uh, that are taking place um, so I suppose the key is, is to try and engage with people I would encourage the parents and the adults in our community you know to try and engage um, there are opportunities maybe to, to connect with myself to connect with, with other members of the community if you want to get involved you know for example this year we're, we're again we're running the, the Bangalstown in Bloom Festival um, which thanks to the, the ETB and, and to the, 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 the County Council and, and, and uh, to the CCDP to the, the, the Bangalstown uh, Creative Places we have, we have a partnership there with all these people coming together to, to provide this uh, community education opportunities and, and, and the yarn bombing is a, an important part of that and it's the bride uh, conduit for people to, to, to get involved so if, if people want to, to, to participate in the courses of that you know get involved put your hand up contact people because there's going to be opportunities for people to uh, to, to support and to help these these uh, biodiversity programs moving forward um, so, so so yeah there's loads loads happening it is absolutely exceptional I have to say and uh, and you know it's exceptional because tidy towns um, and also the nature hero award I know you've been um, recipients of both of them along with others maybe that I haven't actually uh, discovered just yet um, how proud are you of the whole community but also obviously the school itself to know that all the work that you've done has been justifiably rewarded yeah, no, it's it's nice to get an acknowledgement. I mean, we've we've had we've had past pupils there uh, that that uh, have have been all Ireland finalists in in the in the eco in the uh, eco awards. We've we we have past pupils who are all Ireland champions in 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 the in the debating uh, the concerned debating uh, championships with 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 the presentation de la Salle. Um, every year we have children participating in that in in Queen of the Universe as well, and 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 in other schools like in Newtown National School who are who are 
are achieving successes at, at a national level, you know, and it's, it's, it's a phenomenal reflection of their awareness of biodiversity and of, of the sustainable development goals and, 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 and all these, these informations and, and, and topics that, that are so important as we move forward. Um, like you say, I suppose the tidy towns is an opportunity um, for, for uh, the communities and for the schools um, to, to uh, reflect on, on where they are and what they've done. And, and, and in the past, their Queen of the Universe, um, you know, were, were award winners for, for the Southeast region in the Tidy Town Schools competition. Uh, the Bangasound Tidy Towns Group and, and, and have, have won the Endeavour Award in the Tidy Towns competition in recent years on a number of occasions, which is a, is a reflection of, of being the most improved uh, Tidy Towns Group in the county um, with their actions. And, um, you know, like you say, you mentioned there the, the Glenvey uh, uh, Nature Hero Awards, uh, which are schools, you know, making a home for nature, national national awards. Um, Queen of the Universe are, are one of the 16 schools that have met the criteria uh, to, 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 be, um, to be considered a, a nature hero uh, school. So we, we've just received that uh, acknowledgement there recently and, and, and we're looking forward to getting a little plaque to symbolise that and to represent that and to share that with our community as well. And we've touched on the great work that you have done. We have also touched upon the great work that you are currently doing. But for the future, Tommy, what do you think that holds and what would you like to see in Bagnellstown to progress this even further, if that's possible, which I'm sure you will say it is? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I suppose we, ha- we will sustain we will sustain our, our actions in school. We, we, you know, we, we, we will prioritise our opportunities throughout our learning for our children. You know, they, they are the future. Um, you know, and we want to, to like I've said earlier, to, 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 to give them the civic responsibility that they will, will carry that forward in, in their lives and, and want to be uh, stakeholders, you know, in their local community. Um, but I suppose all these things are not possible unless there, there is leadership at a higher level, you know, and, and we're looking at our councillors and thankfully they, they do they do support us every year with our, with our, with our projects and, and credit to them for that. Um, but again, you know, we're back, we're back to the, the higher level with the, with the community development in the county council. Um, we're looking at, 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 at uh, our local politicians and, and these people because we can't make these improvements and these positive impacts without without financial support uh, and without without their support. You know, so so that has to be a priority for for a higher level, I suppose, for planning for Bagnellstown. You know, um, you know, credit due to people that 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 have supported us along the way so far. But you know, it has to be sustained. Um, and, 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 I, and 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 here's looking forward to maybe that that. that that becoming becoming the, the future, that engagement, that level of engagement uh, in a positive way moving forward. And before we wrap up, is that the key thing, do you feel, to take the next step? That everything here, while it has been, and I'll say it again, I won't apologise for saying it, it's, it's, it's incredible to see, and in the tour of the town you gave me, you can just see the, the work and the community initiative, initiative around the place is fantastic, but it's all community-driven. Do you feel as though there is unfortunately a ceiling on that and that for to take the next step you do need that support from the local authority from councillors and just generally maybe from a more central authority yeah, there has to be leadership. There has to be best practice. And I suppose there's things like the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan and, and Carlo County Council now have, joined up, have signed up to that. Um, there, you know, we have, we have great work going on with, with, with climate action and climate planning for that moving forward. But yes, there certainly has to be leadership there, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that's important. But I suppose we can only control, you know, our, our, there's a, a circle of control here. And, 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 and within that, I suppose, we, we are passionate about our children and about their 
opportunity to engage. So we will we will continue providing the opportunities for our children to have their outdoor experiences for, for you know for whether that's through the debating, whether that's through hands-on experience, whether that's planting sunflowers or pollinator-friendly plants and perennials and bulbs and things like that. Um, and and we would hope and we will we will advocate you know for Bagnell's town for for the municipal district to 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 value that contribution and support support our community and to support our children. Um, but I suppose the challenge, the biggest challenge for communities really is engagement. And and I would I would emphasize and I would encourage people if you have any inclination, you know, towards being involved, you know, to, to bite the bullet, to, to, to put your hand up, you know, to contact contact people in the community that are engaged and that are involved with that, contact myself, you know, because it, it has to be community led and and, 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 and there there's has so many opportunities for engagement and I would I would I would I would I suppose that's the, that's the big message I, I'd like to get across today is is to, to get engaged there, there, there's so many skills and talents we have in our community we have we have people that you know that that, that have so much to offer and I, I would I would I would implore people you know to, to consider to, to put your hand up to, to, to connect with with the schools to connect with with, with ourselves connect with the, the, the improvement group to connect with the community gardens to connect with the community education opportunities because the opportunities are there um, so so I would just encourage people you know to the children the children are the leaders and let them inspire us but but let's encourage them and travel on the journey with them you know uh, Tommy Cox thanks ever so much for speaking to me today and we wish you nothing but continued success in the future with everything that you're doing here at Bagnellstown thanks very much myself and Tommy Cox catching up there in Bagnellstown we'll have lots more coming up after the break here on Follow the Leaders you're listening to Follow the Leaders on KCLR Welcome back. You're listening to Follow the Leaders on KCLR. I'm Deirdre Drummy and I'm also joined by Robbie Dowling. And Robbie, before the break, we heard from Tommy Cox. Yeah, and we're now going to hear from Liam Kelly and Anne Hutton of the Carlow Beekeepers Association. Liam and Anne are actually married and they invite me into their home for the interview. Their back garden is tremendously beautiful, I have to say, and biodiversity friendly also. And before we got into the conversation around beekeeping, I asked Liam to give me an audio tour of the garden. Yeah, well, I suppose the... The, the purpose of the garden is it's not really for the honeybee uh, the purpose of our garden is for all pollinators all insects it's just to give I suppose a, a bit of forage and food for anything that wants to have it um, the, the flowers we plant are 100% pollinator friendly They're, or they give us food which is something that is important as well. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of food there, and there's a lot of herbs. And um, that's herb you go around there in the middle. So we start in the middle of the garden here, and there's green sage, purple sage. There's lavender, oregano, marjoram, thyme, and rosemary. I think is the the final one there. And that's like I mean the the amount of forage that even now you can see the the thyme is in bloom. Uh, two weeks ago the rosemary was in bloom and in July we'll have the oregano in bloom so it's that's just one small part of it uh, if we come over here we have our berries over along our far wall here so we have gooseberries we have black currants we have white currants red currants oh what else have we got there Anne? there's carrots and parsnips and but they're in flower at the moment as yeah. well so we'll, we'll get free seeds from them there's more random herbs as well like lavender and 
thyme and oregano yeah it's, it's absolutely incredible and and that was like a, a really uh, whistle stop tour must be said of what's going on here it is absolutely beautiful for people that can't see it but just when we talk about biodiversity which this specific program is focused on I mean this garden is absolute perfection when we talk about trying to improve and raise awareness about biodiversity isn't it yeah well, what we try to have here is a, a bit of a balance between wilderness and um, beauty so we have a lot of colour going on in areas as well but you can also see over here like most of the lawn just this little patch here that we're on is the only part that we've cut everything else is kind of let go wild and it's just every year it's different stuff popping up so it's lovely the birds are reseeding the birds are creating yeah. our own wildflower patches they're taking apart your obelisk there at the moment they're stripping the the juice string off the obelisk to make their nests <laughs> yeah and there's like plenty of nice cool damp areas as well for spiders and we have i think shrews or something living over in this side okay. because um our dog is very interested in that flower bed and i spotted one um, so yeah, we've a little family of shrews over there and God knows what else, all sorts of birds. Our little friendly Robin, who you probably met already, and his family are actually coming and eating our hands at this point. So uh, yeah, we're trying to strike a good balance between letting things go wild themselves and just reseed themselves and also planting our own stuff and food for ourselves. No, it's absolutely brilliant to see, I have to say. And before we get on to the beekeeping, Liam, you know, I, d- I described the two of you as local environmentalists as well. This back garden is almost a haven of environmentalism, isn't it? it is, yeah, there's um, there's so much going on, but again, like Anne said, it's there's a lot of wilding in it. Um, we we tend not to cut back where it's not necessary yeah. because, I mean. It's 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 about giving space for other creatures, and it's not like Anne said we had a family of shrews over here, but when I look back at in front of the beehives, and that's uh, only small little beehives, but that area there has so much life in it. It's you, you couldn't even begin to count the amount of insects or the amount of flies, the amount of of uh, like Anne was saying shrews earlier. There's so much we've seen so much, and we even have uh, what you call them nesting yolks. There's a couple of them just nesting up there. Uh, I forget the name of them now. It'll come back to me later on, I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're nesting up amongst, just if you see up the end there where the Boudelia tree is, yeah. just in behind that there's a little, and it's, it's, not, it's not a house sparrow, something else. Can't think of it anyway. But it's, you, need, you need the wildness and you need the, you need the wildness and you need the, I suppose, the, the balance to yeah. be right. And if you can get the balance right, sure, you'll get anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're certainly in business if you get the balance right. Um, that's the kind of your own back garden, which was is a story and a, and a program in itself. It has to be said. That's how incredibly beautiful it is. But Anne, just in terms of the beekeeping too, could you kind of explain to myself what you do in terms of beekeeping here in Carlow? In Carlow in general? Yeah. Um, well, myself and Liam were involved in, well, we still are involved in Carlow Beekeeper Association, but we would have been on the committee for a couple of years there. And now we've a, a couple of new people after taking over and they're doing a great job. Mm. Um, but so beekeeping in Carlow seems to be on the rise, I would say, in general. Um, we have a really strong association um, that put on things like talks and workshops and uh, training sessions for beginners and everything you could really need to start off in beekeeping. Um, you can actually join the local association and kind of take it from there. 
Um, there are a lot of people also in Carlow, I would say, keeping bees that aren't members of the association and they're just doing it themselves. It could be a case that it was passed down to them from the grandparents and kept in the family that way. So I'm not even 100% sure how many beekeepers we have in Carlow, but there are plenty. Um, the honeybees, I would say, in general, like they're the kind of the star of the show because they make the honey and they have this very interesting life cycle that uh, really captures any audience if you're talking about it. But... Uh, what we've kind of started to realise is the honeybees are doing grand. There's plenty of beekeepers, there's plenty of honeybees, there's plenty of queen breeding programmes and things like that. There's an organisation called NIBS, NIHBS, the National uh, Native Irish Honeybees um, Society, um, that are actually involved in like programmes to breed native Irish queens. So I would say in general, the honeybees, although they have their problems, they're doing okay it's more the wild pollinators that I would be concerned about and that's kind of where I've been focusing my attention on um, I write articles for on Baccarat which is the Irish Beekeeper magazine and throughout the last couple of years that's kind of what I've been focusing more attention on than honeybees actually is focusing on areas of rewilding letting the hedgerows grow um, planting native Irish trees all that sort of stuff and interviewing different people um, that can give some insight into how we can like improve our environment in general for all of the creatures because if you only have honeybees you're only getting certain things pollinated you need all of the pollinators you need all the butterflies the hoverflies the wasps everything they're all part of a very intricate spider's web nearly like a a web of uh, interconnections between different pollinators and different flowers and there are like keystone species as well that you need to look after like say for instance frogs like frogs are very important and we don't focus a lot of attention on them because you know they're not as cute as these (laughs) Um, so yeah it's just about kind of stretching what we're about now really more so than even we have our beehives we have our honeybees and all the rest but we're kind of trying to focus a bit more attention on helping the wild pollinators and Liam actually started up something this year out in the green outside I'm sure he'll show you on the way out and maybe I'll let you tell him about that but that's all about the wild pollinators yeah what what is that that you set up on the green Liam Uh, so a, a few years ago I planted some wildflower seeds yeah. around our trees here on the estate and <clears throat> our contractor who, who's the landscaper uh, came along and sprayed them and I was kind of like, I was a little bit angry because it was, there was dandelions and there was the flower seeds that I had planted and none of them took everything died that was underneath the tree so <clears throat> I had a chat with the association, the residents association here in the estate and we <clears throat> looked at a plan where we wouldn't spray where we'd just leave a one meter circle around the base of every tree and just let it go just don't do anything with it and they agreed so we now have I think the grass is nearly 18 inches high out there which is great Um, but the purpose of it is to just leave it 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 will be an eyesore for a while but there's a lot of studies and research out there that show that if you leave the circle of a tree just a one meter circle all around it that within six or eight months you will have 18 species of native Irish flowers growing underneath that tree and there's research there to prove that I don't need to yeah. um, <clears throat> look it up myself it's 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 a f- fascinating and what I'd love to see it'd be absolutely fantastic if we could get this nationwide there's no need to spray spray kills everything yeah. like I said to you earlier the, the, the minor bee if it sees a lovely barren piece of soil which is after been sprayed but they don't know it's been sprayed they'll go in and they'll mine and they'll build a little house in that soil around the tree but then in spring along comes 
your contractor with the spray again yeah. and kills anything that's in it. So if the minor bee is in there with whatever he's got, it's dead, it's gone, it's finished. So you're creating a habitat by spraying, but then you're killing it by spraying it again. So the purpose of what we're doing is to just leave it, let it go, and if you want to throw wildfire seeds in, throw them in. If you want to plant some bulbs in it, throw them in, plant them in. Given time, that will actually take over itself and you'll have a beautiful habitat full of insects, full of worms. And again, that's another thing that's important is worms. Mm. Without worms in the soil, we don't get the soil cleaned. If you keep spraying it, the worms won't go near it. Yeah. So that's what we're aiming for and that's hopefully going to spread throughout the county. It's, it's absolutely incredible to hear all the different initiatives and the different things that you're doing to try and bring this forward. And if we just bring it back to the beekeeping for a minute, for the uneducated like myself, and a lot of people listening in wouldn't have the same in-depth knowledge that you would have, how does beekeeping link into promoting environmental causes? I think in general, like from the people that I've met, in the years of beekeeping and some of them have been at it like 30, 40, 50, 60 years even when you become interested in bees sometimes it's because people become interested in gardening or growing vegetables or whatever in the first place and they start to notice the bees and then they get the interest in the bees and it goes that way and then for some people they become interested in the honeybee because maybe they saw a documentary on it or read a book or something and then they become interested in the beekeeping but then you start to realise that well the bees are connected with nature and it's all a huge network and you can't really have one with, without the other so they just go hand in hand I think nearly everybody who I know who is interested in bees and beekeeping is in some way doing something to help the environment like I can't think of any beekeeper that isn't out there doing their bit to, to help out somehow so they really do come hand in hand yeah it's, it's brilliant to see and just in terms of there's a lot of people obviously we're focusing on biodiversity and the environment here and how that links in with beekeeping but there's a lot of people that would like to kind of start a journey that you're currently on in terms of taking up beekeeping how would they best go about doing that do you think Liam? Oh join your local association yeah. there's no other way um, the knowledge the training that they can give and I mean the expertise that your local beekeeper has and is willing to give freely. Yeah. So if anyone wants to be a beekeeper, sign up to your local association and what I'd say is learn first. Don't go out and buy a lot of beehives and yeah. thinking that you're going to be great in six months' time. You won't. You'll fail. You'll lose all your bees. Yeah. Um, go and do your courses. Get your, get your membership. Do your courses do your exams or whatever you need to do in order to become a, a competent beekeeper because if you're not a competent beekeeper your, your chances are you're just going to kill your bees and that's cruel as well you know yeah. so that's probably what I would say and obviously again as I say we're talking about from an environmental point of view but recreationally and in terms of taking up a hobby what has it done for you personally and just for the two of you as well hmm what has it done for me that's a difficult question. <laughs> it's mindfulness anyway. It's, yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it's something, it's focus and mindfulness yeah. and also patience um, because things aren't necessarily going to go the way you planned and then sometimes you might have to miss your evening that you have planned because something has occurred that you need to be with your bees instead. Um, 
So definitely patience and quick thinking, I think, in some ways, too, that you have to... I think Liam's probably a lot better at that than me. Um, but, yeah, quick thinking and just to, yeah, to be in the moment as well and to slow down your movements a little bit because we can all tend to be rushing around a lot. I'm definitely guilty of that. I tend to, like, move fast yeah. and get things done and get the job done. Whereas when you're handling the bees, you really have to slow down and make your movements a little bit more gentle and thoughtful and calm and relaxed so if you're making your movements more gentle and thoughtful and calm and relaxed well that's making you more calm and relaxed so yeah I, I would say that's probably what it's done for me and also the opportunity to learn about a subject that there is no end to what you can learn about it so if you have the kind of mind that has a hunger for knowledge and interesting stuff like beekeeping covers like say everything from the life cycle of the bee to everything to do with the honey and all the other products from the hive and that can lead into like we started making bams and things with the beeswax and other people make tinctures with the propolis and so there's a whole lifetime of craft and also learning and science and everything and learning about the weather and learning about flowers and yeah. plants and what who likes what there's no end to what you can learn so it, that's why i think people the Im image in the public of the beekeeper is like the old man in the summer leaning over the hive and it's because it's a kind of a lifetime hobby it's not something some people might take it up for a couple of years and drop it but um yeah for a lot of people it becomes a kind of a lifetime obsession that was Robbie out and about and catching up with Liam Kelly and Anne Hutton, who are members of Carlo Beekeepers Association there. And we're moving on to our final interview of the evening, Robbie. Yeah, our final interview of today's show is with Sharon Parker Byrne, who does great work with the Untouchables U Project in Carlo's New Oak Estate. I asked Sharon to describe to me what the Untouchables U Project do with regard to biodiversity and the environment to start off the interview. When they started, like, it was getting activities for children that would never have got, you know, a holiday a week away at Gang Carn Beach, over to Rancho O'Reilly's, places like that. And then they, you know, they had great interest in their community. Like, they would be, get out and they would do some litter pick with us to get a packet of crisps, a lollipop and a drink. They'd come out and do the litter pick. They would do some car washes. And then we had, as chairperson, I'm very proud of my community in New York State. They're a fantastic community and my main object was to enhance this community to the best of our ability we're coming up with new ideas and um, I couldn't do it alone so I said to you group we, you know you come along we do a you project and we started off doing uh, we got guttering and put it up on the walls and we done vegetables in that we done different wishing wells flower boxes hanging baskets things like that and in the last couple of years we have recycled or should I say they have I sourced the bats for them uh, bats um, out of houses we got a few bats we got some Toilets. We got some sinks, and in them uh, there are sowing. There's some potatoes. There's tomatoes. There's leeks. There's parsnips. There's lettuces. You name it. Uh, all the vegetables. And when they are harvested, then they are put into the Ziploc bags, and they're brought up to the elderly in the community. You know, just a small sample of potatoes, lettuce, tomatoes, onions and whatever. And the kids love doing it and they love coming up with different ideas. They're already working on uh, one for next year with the leadership of Vicky, with the workmen uh, doing the woodwork. They have put up lovely bird houses and bird boxes this year um, that can be seen on the main avenue on the walls. And then they have more projects, as I say, they're ready already for the winter projects to start working again. But it's mostly to recycle. 
you know, we our timber is got from pallets. Um, our paint is got from people that will have paint pots in their shed. Um, our glue gun we have for the last, I don't know, many years, but it's all recycled. Everything is about recycling. Everything is about the bees, the birds, the butterflies, any plants that we use. They're biodiversity friendly. They're going out now in the next week or so for to put down cardboard over the flower, over the clay. They're going to put cardboard down. They're going to wet the cardboard and then they're going to put some bark on top of it, which is great for keeping the weeds down. So it's all thinking ahead of how to improve and not use chemicals. Absolutely, don't use any chemicals. Our weed control for the estate is bicarbonate, soda, white vinegar, washing up liquid, and it seems to be working, you know. So it's all about uh, keeping things, you know, uh, non-invasive by chemicals and things like that. It's most important. And there's so much in there, and it's astonishing to re- to hear, really. But if we come away from the, sp- the specifics for a minute and maybe just look on a more general basis, do you feel it's really important that young people of all backgrounds get the same education when it comes to the environment and how important that will be in the future? Well, of course it is. If, I mean, if they're not educated in schools and at home, it's it's important that both play a part. If they're not educated, I mean, how are they going to respect their environment? You know, their cigarette butts, plastic thrown into the rivers, uh, trolleys thrown into the rivers, harming the fisheries. You know, if they're not taught that this is wrong, if they're not taught that putting these sumped up things on their cars and making them loud noises are going to cause carbon problems they, they have to learn, they have to learn and to know what's going to happen and to realise that it's infecting the environment that we live in, the pollution the pollution in rivers, now I'm not saying it's children that are going down to the rivers and bags of rubbish that are taken out but um, every week there's a gentleman goes around every Saturday there and the amount of bottles and things that he takes out and they're harming fish you know, they're harming the environment and the kids need to be aware of this, that if they're down, sitting down at the bus stop and they're sitting on the steps and they have a can or a bottle of mineral and they throw it into the river, that's dangerous. That's causing problems. Um, recycling your material, uh, they need to know how to recycle, how to use compost so that the landfills are not filling up as fast as they are. And definitely all age groups, all, all backgrounds, everybody needs to know, children and adults. Has the conversation around the environment become more prominent within the Untouchables U project as the years have gone on when you consider how kind of more apparent environmental concerns and worries are across society? Well, as the years go on, we have listened to the kids as in more so about recycling. You know, they, you know, if you wanted to make something and you need a timber and we didn't have funds for to go out and purchase timber, the kids would say, well, should we go look for some pallets? And they'd go and they'd get the pallets. It, it's all about, to them at the moment and their projects for the last three or four years, it's about recycling, that everything can be put to a use. I mean, if you have a toilet, a toilet seat or a toilet bowl sitting in the middle of a green and there's two heads of lettuce in it or there's strawberries growing out, that's not something that would have been done a couple of years ago. There's a sink attached to the wall, has onions growing out, but that would have been gone on to a dump somewhere. The bats, likewise, they're full of potatoes, three crops of potatoes grown in bats outside in their community garden. It's recycled. And for them, it's all about recycling so that it's not going into landfill and causing problems. Now, probably eventually down the road as the years goes on the bats will have to be got rid of 
but that's something that will have to be looked at. But it's definitely for the untouchables. It, their main objective is recycle what you can, find a use for it, and look after the bees and the butterflies, try and encourage them. And to have a wild meadow started, they're going to be putting in a little den for hedgehogs and things like that. So they're very conscious of that area. And just a final one for me, Sharon, in terms of the future of the untouchables from an environmental perspective and just generally, what does that hold? Well, we will hope to continue going the way we are, learning from other organisations, groups and the internet on how we can improve and what changes we can make. But maintaining the high standard that we have in regard to helping others and looking after our environment by recycling what we can. That was Sharon Parker Byrne there chatting with Robbie. And Robbie, just having a look, some really interesting interviews there this evening and, you know, very much out and about. What what have you taken from those? I think the main thing I took from these set of interviews, obviously, as people would have heard, it was concentrated on biodiversity. But I like the sort of range and the demographic of people that we spoke to because obviously first up you would have heard from Tommy Cox he's a national school teacher trying to educate the youngest in our society on the importance of this not just for their generation but for the generations to come and he's really bringing a positive sort mm. of um, you know p- positive conotones and, and a nice tone to it I think so I think I really like that interview then you go on and you, you, you hear what Liam Kelly and Anne Hutton had to say and that's very specifically focused I suppose on beekeepers but there's such a passion for it and it's great to see the link between what many people would describe as a, as a hobby or a recreational activity as they described it themselves kind of a lifetime hobby and how that is actually directly impacted to the environment and how it brings kind of different elements into that hobby so I thought that yeah, was really interesting to too exactly well. yeah and I yeah. think they get a great sort of sense of fulfilment and meaning and purpose behind it which is brilliant to see and obviously as well as that it's great for the environment and the climate as we say and then the last interview with Sharon it was brilliant to see somebody like that where we talk about people maybe who come from you know worse socioeconomic backgrounds than other people uh, like they would say in the Untouchables You project and they're still being educated about this it's still about how can we move it forward so mm. I think that that's brilliant to see that because when we talk about and I think this is a sort of a common theme that has come up across the 13 episodes so far we need absolutely everybody behind this uh, battle against the climate crisis and you can't just pick and choose you need everybody as a society and you know generationally just to co- yeah exactly to come together and I thought it was really interesting to see people of vastly different backgrounds have signed of kind of one one goal and one purpose behind everything that they do. So that was probably and very much about their my biggest takeaway. Yeah, that's well. exactly it. So I thought it was just a really um sort of interesting variety of people that I was able to discuss it with. And ultimately with all three of them I have to say, or all three interviews, uh the passion was there yeah, to, to see. So it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and you know, talking about the recycling and the upcycling, um, you know, using different things for planters and harvesting vegetables and um etc from uh, uh, the interview there with Sharon at the end. Yeah, that's exactly it. I thought it was really interesting stuff, as I say, and a lot, lot kind of general talk and specifics as well. And unfortunately, that is all we have time for this evening on Follow the Leaders, but we'll be back next Wednesday just after 6pm. Uh, don't forget, you can listen back to this show and all other episodes of Follow the Leaders on the KCLR website at kclr96fm.com. A big thanks to all of our guests this evening and thanks to you for listening. That's it for myself and Robbie, so stay tuned for 
fully loaded with Owen Carey coming up after the 7 o'clock news. Follow the leaders meeting the people who are making the changes needed to tackle climate change. A KCLR production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.